What's up, everybody? I'm super excited for today's guest. Now, there's one thing that all my listeners have in common. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a really ambitious person with a lot of drive, we all share the same goal to have financial freedom doing what you want to do. You may feel intimidated of the thought of growing a massive business because you may feel like you can't do that by yourself, or you might have you might have doubts that you can do that with a very small staff. Well, I'm here to tell you today that, uh, well, I'm here to tell you that our guest here today was able to earn financial freedom five years after leaving his corporate job. My guest today is a man by the name of Cole Humphus. Cole grew an online online photography education company called Cole's Classroom with only a $49 a month program to 10,000 members. That's $490,000 a month. That's $5.8 million a year. And he sold that 18 months ago and went to semi-retirement. He's now coming out of semi-retirement. Yes, guys, like Michael Jordan when he came back to the Bulls. And now he's helping others scale their business without having to rely on big teams and social media. Cole is a well-known member in the War Room Mastermind, not because of the results he's been able to produce for himself, but also the results he's been able to produce for others as well. By the end of this interview, you'll feel that it's possible for you to grow a successful company doing what you love. You'll have the tools and knowledge of what it takes to grow a successful business, and you'll have the mindset of what it takes to grow a successful business. So Cole, hey man, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. I'm just happy to be here. And I got to say, that's probably one of the better intros I've ever had. So I just need to have you in my back pocket everywhere we go. Maybe we'll do a webinar together and I'm going to have you do that intro. That'd be, that's pretty wicked smart right there, by the way. Beautiful. Yeah, I would love to, would love to. So let's, let's go back in time, right? Like, let's say we're in high school, right? We're, we're buddies. Would yeah. I bet on you being where you are today? No, no way. I mean, I don't know because I don't know what my buddies in high school felt or saw, but I can tell you in high school, I was doing what most people do in high school, which is trying to figure out where to go to college and what the heck you want to do with your life, which for me was I applied to one college, San Diego State University, and and um, I ultimately decided I was going to do something business related, and I ended up choosing finance as my degree. Beautiful. So, you went into corporate America right after college, right? After you went to San Diego State? Right. That's correct. So during that time, um, did you start getting into photography then? Like what what was it that – like? so what, what, just walk us through like your beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, looking back, um, now I kind of see a lot of entrepreneurial little side hustles that I did before I ever would have considered that that was really, I think, truly me on the inside, you know, Cole being an entrepreneur, but like, you know, I remember I was teaching, I, I was teaching guitar in-person guitar lessons when I was probably like 15 years old and, you know, and making like 30 bucks an hour kind of thing for a lesson. I, at one point I ran the uh, website, sandigopunk.com. You can see here on the video, I'm a musician. I was into rock and roll and punk music. And one of my buddies ran that website and essentially wiped his hands of it and said, Hey, you want to take this thing over? I'm like, okay. And, you know, I remember hustling to get some advertisers to, you know, advertise. But aside from those things, I mean, I, everything was kind of like um, the normal track, right? High school, college, um, during college, I guess. And, and this is sort of fun for me to talk about because nobody's ever heard this. I've never shared this far back in the story, but, um, 
you know, in college, my last semester, I guess I had decided I was like, man, I'm going to be a finance grad. I should do something finance related. And I ended up working in uh, personal finance for a company called Northwestern Mutual, which essentially I was a financial representative. But when you're starting off as essentially a paid intern, you're, you're selling life insurance. I didn't get to do the fun stocks and all that that came later, but nonetheless, I was selling life insurance. And um, what was pretty cool is, you know, I also, it's sort of fun to look back and see like, okay, like you see some of the traits that I've learned now since selling my company that have been with me for so many years. And I'll explain, we'll come back to life now in which I know that I can honestly say the best part of being an entrepreneur is not about the, because you get to a point that you have enough financial freedom and then it's about something different. And for me, the thing, and the reason why I'm coming out of semi-retirement is because it's boring, just like going fishing. I mean, it's, I mean, not to sound like a, a punk and like an arrogant punk, but like literally I enjoy business and it's boring when I, it's great being able to come hang out with my family and, and go fishing and go to the beach on that. But you got to keep your mind sharp too. So back to the story here. Um, Cause it's a good story. I was in this paid internship selling life insurance. And I remember at the time, the top intern, he was the one that came and like welcomed us. He was like in the previous like years worth of interns. And they were like, Oh, Daniel Rodriguez. And I'm friends with him. So if he somehow sees this, there's nothing bad, no blood, bad blood. He's a great friend. Um, but Daniel was the guy and he had sold, I think, I don't know, like 20 life insurance policies within his tenure there before I came along. So he was the record holder. And you also get this little plaque. It was called the power of 10 if you sell 10 policies. So I was all like, all right, I'm, I'm gunning for that guy, right? So I ended up selling 35. So then I was the guy. And um, it became a surprise. But I wasn't doing it to try and like one-up him. I was just like, all right, cool. Let me just see how many I could do. And always raise the bar, raise the bar, raise the bar. And it was a big surprise when I told them I was quitting. Because they're like, what are you going to, what do you mean? Why are you quitting? Like, I'm like, dude, I don't want to wake up and call think about calling cold calling 50 people trying to get, you know, I mean, but even then that's a numbers game, cold call 30 people to try and get 10 people to pick up to get maybe, you know, three appointments booked and one might turn into a, a client. So you get the, you get the deal. Um, but nonetheless, when I quit that, I quit because I got a, another corporate finance job, which actually was paying me a whopping $48,000 a year right out of college. And, um, and I, of course was like, all right, game on, let's do it but still had not picked up a camera. I was not a photographer at all. Okay. So is it when you were at this new uh, corporate job was when you start picking it up? Like what called you to start doing that? Yeah, I was going to keep going, but I didn't want to ramble too long. So oh, no, I, I didn't know if you had a yours. question. Yeah. So essentially what happened was I was in corporate finance. I was actually in cost estimating for government contracts. So luckily for me, that once again, all of these things I did helped propel me through my entrepreneurial life with Cole's Classroom because, you know, it's all about data and scaling a company fast requires metrics and, you know, and being able to crunch numbers and spreadsheets. And, and when I started doing membership stuff, the level of data crunching and figuring out churn and retention is just like a whole nother level. So anyways, we were cost estimators and we would sit down with my buddies at, at lunch and just sort of shoot around like business ideas. 
I don't, we, we weren't like, it wasn't like a, it just organically happened, you know, it was sort of, I think that like dreamland of trying to one day be your own boss. And, and we'd always be like, put out an idea and someone would be like, nah, that's not a good idea because of this. And, you know, nah, that won't work because of this. And ultimately um, one day I was sitting down and it was raining outside. And um, my buddy, Matt said, this was in 2008. He's like, Hey, my wife is quitting her um, event coordinator job at the Marriott and she's going to become a, a, a wedding coordinator on her own. And I was like, Oh, cool. And back in 2008, that was right when we had the big great recession and things were like, not good, you know? And all of a sudden I was like, ah, yeah, people are still going to get married even in a recession. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I got some wedding photographer friends that make like four grand a wedding and me being the, that was my monthly salary. I was making 48 K a year. So I'm like four grand a wedding. What the heck are you talking about? And then, you know, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I had a buddy in college who was making, who's a wedding photographer on the side and they make like, I think 1500 a wedding. So then right then I went back to my desk. I'm like, dude, I need to be a, a wedding photographer to earn some money on the side living in San Diego. It's plenty expensive. And I, I was a new time home buyer. So that's how it happened. I literally went to my desk, started researching all things, becoming a wedding photographer and eventually, and essentially realized okay, there's a whole lot of photographers out there, but if I could be just like better than probably half of them at business and just getting the client and giving a better service, I'm probably going to be able to make some money. And that was it. I literally bought a camera, like a couple of days later, bought um, some books and off I went. And I told my friend Tara in her office, I'm like, Hey, guess what? I'm like, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. And she's like, but do you even own a camera? I said, Nope. But dude, the internet, I'll learn. And the internet was a little different than it is now. There wasn't as many resources, but nonetheless, that's how it all started. Wow. So how long did it take you to go from that starting point to now you're actually booking clients and you're, you're actually getting some traction here? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a little fuzzy, but I mean, I think essentially the chain of events was like, I want to say it was probably like April of 2008 when I got the camera my sister at the time was living in Paris for a uh, going to culinary school. And I remember getting the camera before that and walking the streets of Paris, just taking pictures, literally just trying to figure out how to use the damn thing. And that was fun. And then from there, when I came back, I just got a little better. I started doing like photo shoots for like my friends, you know, and like engage this. My, some of my friends were getting engaged. So I'd give them a free photo session and just, and essentially, you know, from April to probably, August or so I was kind of just like in learn mode. And then I started trying to third shoot as they call it, assist on with other people on weddings to learn that that was hard. Nobody wanted to let me help out even for free. So I kind of got like three shots at that. And then I got tired of waiting for other people to give me a thumbs up. And, and I just said, screw it. And I put up an ad on Craigslist. And all of my initial book of business was from Craigslist. And I remember that first booking. This is a cool story. Like I remember I put up a, a post on Craigslist and it was like, I forget what it said, but you know, wedding photography. And my initial package was four hours. I might've had more than one package, but I know my first booking was for four hours for $400, which is, you know, on, on to some people is like a hundred bucks an hour. That's killer for others. It's like, shame on you. That's dirt cheap. You know, you're degrading the whole like wedding photography industry. Um, but nonetheless, it was my first one. And I remember the phone ringing when I was at my desk 
at my corporate finance job. And I remember walking out into the like parking lot to book this deal. And I was so jazzed, man. It's like, we all remember those, those first entrepreneurial moments, you know? And when I booked that thing, I was like, yes, you know, like I did it. And, and it was great. And here's the cool thing. So it was literally an elopement. So it was, um, it was an elopement with, with uh, two people and they got married in the a Buddhist temple. And I was expecting this big, like elaborate, like temple with all this ornate stuff. And I remember looking on back then we didn't have smartphones. So we, I printed out like on MapQuest or whatever. And I remember pulling up and I'm looking at the address and I'm like, this is a residential area. And it was literally this like single family home with a little tiny, like, you know, different colored, like colored paint and a tiny sign that essentially said the temple. And I walked up to the door, knocked on it and was greeted by a few monks. And I kicked off my shoes and in I went. So it was pretty funny. That was my, and, and, and to make it even better, I was the only person there. So I was the witness that signed the, the marriage certificate too. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first one that kicked it all off. And that was in, um, to answer the question, that was at the end of the year. So it was about a six or seven month lead time from like learn, learn mode you know, follow some other people to, to go on the job, get some on the job training and then screw it. Let's just do it. Awesome. Okay. So during this time, like, uh, how old are you around, around this time? Oh, let's see. I'm, uh, I'm 35 now. And that was in 2008. So what is that? 13, what? 28. Oh, my, my math isn't good right now. Yeah, like 27, 20, 26. Yeah. 27. Yeah. 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 Right around 27, 26, somewhere in there. Beautiful. The reason why I asked is because like my audience is mostly young entrepreneurs. So like we like to see, because yeah. a big thing we have is like in our mind, like we feel like we're behind, you know, myself included and just realizing like, oh, okay. Like when we see someone who's really successful and we see, all right, where they were in their journey, yeah. it definitely puts things into perspective. I think that's a great thing. And, you know, real quick, just to make sure I don't forget the one, one piece of advice or one maybe inspirational thought that I can share is, you know, time and time again, I always think this in my head that a lot can change really fast. Like, you know, like, like, you know, and obviously we're going to talk later, my newest program is called the rapid scale program. And it's, it's not really any direct tie to that statement. I just made a lot can change fast, but um, the truth is, is like, I mean, we grew the company when we get to the talking about the education, right? We grew it from 135 grand in one year to 1.5 million the next, like, what's that almost 15 X. So there's not, I guess one thing I would encourage people to say is like, don't let yourself think that you are at a disadvantage because you're getting a late start. Trust me. Like, I wish I got my start online instead of in 2014 and 2015 back in 2008, because I would have made many more millions along the way because things were easier back then, but it's never too late to start. Beautiful. So I, I saw on, on your LinkedIn profile that you were at your corporate job and you left in 2015, but you started the photography back in like 2012, right? Well, the actual wedding photography started in 2009 and we did that for a total of, I mean, that was like our first full year. This is really going back, jogging my memory, but we did it essentially for seven years total, but three years into that or so three or four years into that, probably four. Because Cole's Classroom, essentially, the first video that we did, I did, I should say, um, was on YouTube. And I think that was like October of 2012. 
And then 2013 was our first year that all I did was like content, 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 almost quit three times in the first six months. Cause no, it was like a, just a ghost land, nobody coming, nobody, you know, I'm like, this is my third job. I was juggling corporate finance. I was juggling full-time wedding photography. And then I was doing Cole's classroom. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I'm, I'm killing myself five in the morning before going to, to my real job doing all this work. Nobody's coming. And, um, luckily we started to get some momentum. So 2014 was the first year we actually tried to make money and we made the 135 grand. Wow. And like, how did that happen? Did you have a webinar or you put out ads? No ads. So that first year, I mean, it was just like through that year, as tough as it was and as lonely as it felt, I don't want to say we got lucky because I think you make your own luck, but you know, we started to get some traction from SEO not on, not on a tremendous amount of blog posts that we had done, but on a couple, one of them was on newborn photography. The problem was I'm not a newborn photographer. In fact, it was one of the only posts that we had on the site that I hadn't written. One of my friends, um, at the time, I still know her crystal. She was the author. So I later on, I started realizing like, okay, well, here's all the people that are coming to our site and sign up for email list are newborn people. So Crystal, what do you think about, let's make a course. So I literally, she was the author of the blog post. I'm like, let's package this up in a course. I'll pay you. And, you know, I paid her, I think $4,000 flat fee. We, we recorded the course. I think I paid a videographer like a thousand bucks at the time. So I was sort of 5k in and, um, and we sold it to our email list. So there wasn't any ads, no webinar at the time going to 1.5 million the next year. That was with ads and with webinars also. Beautiful. How many people were on your list at that time? I remember we had about 10,000. So we had grown it to about 10,000 people on the list in that first year. Uh, partially because we also, one of the other blog posts that got ranked sort of in Google, it wasn't like at the top, but um, was our lead magnet. We literally had you know, our opt-in to build our list. That was like, I want to say at the time it was maybe like spot number like four to six on a fairly like popular search thing. We never got it to number one, but you know, back then I want to say we were probably getting around on average 25 opt-ins a day. It probably, I know it grew. I can't remember that first year if it maybe got to 50 a day, but it was enough that we had some blood coming fresh eyes coming into the, the list. That's incredible. So, so the business is starting to grow. Cole's classroom starting to grow. What was like the deciding point for you to be like, all right, it's time for me to leave this corporate job. Cause I remember, I remember reading that that was a scary decision for you. So what did it look like? How was the business doing? Um, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Well, we were making, so now Nicole's my wife at the time, girlfriend. Um, and together we were doing the weddings together. We also each had our own full-time job. So she was in marketing at a hotel. I was in finance. I was making 80 K a year. I can't remember. I think I would just gotten to 80 or it was like 78, but we'll round up to 80. She was making like 50 K. So we had 130 K of like safe salary, quote unquote safe. Right. Then we had about 70,000 probably a year from weddings. So maybe a little less to be honest. And then we had Cole's classroom. So I remember we were around, give or take a few 10,000 
uh, we were around 250,000 a year with everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember that because that was sort of the goal was it's like, we, we essentially decided it was time to quit because we were burned out. Like, I mean, geez, there was, I think we had a 21 day stretch where we just between full-time job, then even triple header weekend weddings, Friday, Saturday, Sunday job, another like Saturday, Sunday wedding. Like it was crazy. And we were just like, all right, I think it's time. You know, Colts classroom was up to 135 K in the previous year. I'm like, I think it's time that we could replace our full-time incomes with Colts classroom. And the initial intent was not to quit doing weddings, but it just so happened that it organically was slowing down, which was by design. We slowed it down because we were burning out. So we kept raising our prices, but that ended up having this sort of like inverse effect, you know, in a service related business, there's so much like that's reliant upon word of mouth. But when you raise your prices, you have less people and then you have less people to spread the word. So that was sort of slowing down. Cole's classroom, I kind of blew up and I'm like, wait a minute, we don't got to do weddings anymore. (laughs) So see you later weddings. And as, as fun as it was, it was nice to have our weekends back and really just focus, you know? Beautiful. So how was it that, cause your first year when you left from corporate America, you wanted to grow up from 150 K to 250 K. 250. Yeah. Yeah. How is it that you went from 150 all the way up to 1 million in that, you know, in the next 12 months? Yeah. I mean, one and a half million, but who's counting um, <laughs> just a, just a joke, you know, but I mean, the truth was, was, I mean, when I, I, I remember, cause I just recently was looking at, I, I, I literally was looking through old computer files the other day um, from not my current computer, but an old hard drive. And I remember seeing some of these milestones that back then we were using Infusionsoft. And I remember I took a screenshot and it was like the first hundred K a month milestone, which was in August of 2015 which was obviously such a crazy number to hit. And then I remember the first million dollar or we, when we crossed the million dollar mark for the year um, with many months to go. I mean, how I did it was simple. Um, looking back, it's, it's, it's simple. I went to the traffic and conversion conference um, or summit rather in San Diego because Ryan Dice was pestering me enough with all of his retargeting ads on YouTube where I couldn't, I, I literally couldn't escape him. And it's funny because we're buddies now, but like, I was like, seriously, like, you know, and he was all suited up with this like white background. I don't know if you were, you know, in the biz back then, Greg, or remember that, but like, it was bad, but it worked too, right? Like you could not escape Ryan following you on the internet. And finally I was like, all right, let me listen to this. Let me check it out. And I live in San Diego. The event was in San Diego. And I kind of was like, oh, this is perfect timing. I'm, I'm leaving my job here. Um, so I went. I went and the best thing that, and it was a great event. I mean, it was just like the whole thing. I was just like, there was so much energy. And for me, I think my mind was just like being blown by simply getting so much awesome little nuggets throughout the whole event. But the ones that stuck out to me was Ryan on stage talking about, there's no such thing as having a traffic problem because you can just go to the traffic store and buy traffic. And the traffic stores, of course, Facebook and Google, and of course, you know, YouTube and these other places too. And I was like, wow, you know, duh. Cause all, all I had spent all, I had spent all my, I had made all my money from just organic stuff, organic hustle. And, and I'm, it, it was just so clear that there was a smarter way. I was just like, I need to do that. 
And luckily, since I was, I'm a math guy, I already knew my average conversion on, on my product pages. I knew for this product that helped people edit their photos better that at the time, I almost remember 4% of the traffic bought. Of course, that was sort of warm traffic, but still four, whatever, 4% bought. And it was a $49 thing that I sold. This wasn't, this was before the membership. So I was able to essentially, you know, do the math and say, okay, on average, every click is worth this. So as long as I can buy traffic cheaper then game on. So it's simple, right? And, and it's like so many people make these things so hard. Um, and, you know, I'm right now working with the, the current round of rapid scale students. And it's like every one of the questions came up today is like, yeah, I, I helped them design their entire product suite. And, you know, here's their sort of business model, so to speak. And they were like, wow, this is amazing seeing this, blah, blah. She's like, but I'm getting stuck with all the email stuff that I need to build. Like, where do I, what do I say? Like how many, all this stuff. I haven't responded yet, but the truth is like, don't even mess with email. There's no need to mess with email right now. Like prove out the offer first, find the, find the product that converts, like, you know, be smart with your time. So many of us know Pareto principle, 80, 20 rule, like, you know, 80% of your results come from 20% of the effort or, you know, whatever. And it's true. So people make these things so much harder than they need to be. I became the webinar guy after spending $2.2 million of my own money on evergreen webinars. That's also how I really was able to scale Colts Classroom so much. And still to this day, like the business, I don't own the business, but the business still runs, still grows, all that. And it's like, we don't have these fancy email funnels to get people on the webinar. We literally use the stock emails that ever webinar gives us. Why? Because I used to do all these fancy ones and they never outperformed the regular ones. Like, why bother? And why bother with email follow-up? At first, once you have the once you have the funnel already working, then spend your time building the email follow-ups. Because to me, I think of email as sort of like I, you know, that's like the cherry on top. But why spend all this time and all these hours hurting your head, paying copywriters, making this crazy email funnel? You don't even know if they want your damn product to begin with. Dang, that's powerful. Wow. Um, that's actually really helpful for me as well. So, um, so yeah, so, so testing out the product, make sure that it converts first. Do you have something that you have an irresistible offer that people take advantage of and then worry about the steps, you know, before that and, and the nurturing and the follow-up and stuff like that. It's- right. So let me tell you, well, well, Greg, like, do you have outside of the podcast, what's the main thing that you sell? So I have a 5 a.m. community called The Morning Hustlers. It's a free membership to go in, but then I have an upsell for $47 a month to be part of the community on Facebook and you get to ask my podcast, guess questions and I have a couple masterminds, stuff like that. And is there any training that you give them within that? I have a success path. So it takes them from, so we have someone comes in who's really undisciplined and there's a specific steps they have to take along the way to get them to this last stage, which will they'll have a few habits under the belt. They'll have a lot more discipline and they'll feel a lot more control over their life. And that's included in the membership, right? Yes. Perfect. Do you mind if I tell you some of my, my biggest aha moments I've had with memberships in the last few days and week? Please. Okay. So let me take a sip of water for this one. I, 
how, is it, has it been sort of hard to, to scale up for you? Absolutely. Perfect. Thoughts so. Um, so here's the problem. Like everyone has jumped into memberships. And once again, I've become labeled like a membership guy, but I don't view myself as a membership guy, even though I know plenty about them. Um, because memberships are just one sort of path to monetizing your audience, right? I mean, let's, let, let me give you an example. Let's pretend it just so happened that we were also $49 a month. So let's just pretend that people stayed on average five months. I'm not telling you what the real number is, but it may or may not be close to that. <laughs> so let's say it's five, six, seven months, somewhere there. We'll say five. That means that on average, my member is worth $250 to me. Now we know people come in to memberships typically for the content. And we also know that they typically stay not for content, but for community. And then I always like to say to a point, because if people don't get results, they'll still leave at some point. Now it's hard to sell a membership on the front end. And the reason why is nobody wants more members, more, more monthly bills. Right. And the biggest reason why is, um, is, is memberships are typically not as specific as even lead magnets, obviously, right? Lead magnets, everyone knows, hey, use a lead magnet to build your email list. But then what happens is then people sell these real broad things like a membership. We'll pick on myself, photography. Okay, well, let, less general. Okay, it's for portrait photographers. Okay, and are they for beginners or advanced? Uh, both. Uh, what about, a, do you have posing? Um, yeah, we got that, but we also got all this other stuff. My point is, is it's hard to sell something that is super all encompassing. Netflix is easy to sell because first of all, watching stuff on Netflix takes no effort, but learning stuff does take effort. So Netflix has such a large curriculum, not curriculum catalog. That's such a no brainer. Like why wouldn't I pay whatever it is now, 10 bucks a month instead of this crazy bill I have from cable, like duh. So it's irresistible offer and it's easy, it's frictionless, but educational memberships are not because if they don't actually take any action, then they're going to leave. And it's harder to get the initial conversion because they don't know if it's really a good fit for them or not. So now that we know all that, and I think you would agree like, yeah, that makes sense. So now let's say, pick on myself again, somebody's worth $250 to me. The question that I would like to pose to everyone listening who has thought about a membership is, wouldn't it make more sense that I could sell a specific course for let's say $300, maybe $297? And if it converted better and I got the money up front rather than over six months and um, it was more specific and I could potentially have another signature course, whatever your price point is, that's probably better than this sort of collecting a little bit of money over a long period of time and then having all the other issues that most people don't even know happen, but I do after having 30 to 40,000 trials come through the membership, payment declines, you know, more customer support, all this kind of stuff. So my point now, the, now the fun part is this, my point is I believe well, not I know that the most value that people get from a membership is like what you sort of said. It's the support, it's the accountability, it's the community. But I also know it's harder, it's easier to sell a one-time product 
that has a specific solution to a specific set of pain points. So what I would urge you to do, Greg, and everyone listening is to consider and test selling the training as a one-time product because you'll probably be able to make more money on it than you would otherwise. You'll get paid up front so you can scale faster. And um, you have an opportunity to sort of like have multiple products that are more specific and then have that just be a self-study course and then have the membership be the backend sort of support and coaching. Wow. Cause, cause if you can, if you can get the, the money faster today, you can scale that up. So you're scaling the business and essentially instead of the membership being on the front where you're cash poor for months before you break even, if you're lucky, now you're just having, this is now the conversation is like, Hey, that's great. With this course, you're going to learn boom, 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 boom. But there's a good chance that you may want some more accountability in your journey. You may want some somewhere to go to get your specific questions answered. Heck, you may also have this problem. Well, good news for you is we have that resource, that training, and all of the coaching in this cool community. Go ahead and you know join us right here. And depending on the price point, if you're selling it for $300 on the initial course and your thing's $49 a month, it becomes a natural downsell. So instead of getting people to go from free to now paying you $49 every single month, you're going from, all right, yeah, I'll give you $300 to solve my problem. Oh, and it's only $49 a month where I can get all my questions answered. What do you mm -hmm. think? Dang, I, I love that. That's, that's incredible. So- like, how would you even go about having going from like a free lead magnet, right, to selling that course? Would you have like um, something like an email sequence pushing people to a webinar or something like that to sell? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of lead magnets to email. I mean, we've had literally, you know, if we never purged our email list, we would have had over a million people on our email list at any given time. Um, I think as it stands today, it's like 400,000. And, you know, we used to purge you know, 100, 200,000 people at a time sometimes who had just been not engaged over time. The, you know, the thing is, is we have to look at all of the different, um, what I would call leverage points and that can work for or against you. So like on a webinar, for example, the main leverage points are, you know, your initial opt-in conversion, right? And, and you changing up or down that. And then of course the show up rate and then the conversion rate. But you know, even if that conversion rate has a little less wiggle room, you know, the show up rate going from a 50% on an ever webinar to like 30% based on maybe your timing or 25, that's huge. That, that, that will make or break you. So now let's look at email. What's the biggest leverage point that works against you with email is open rates. You know, even if someone's brand new to your list, um, you know, you're lucky if you get 25% to open. I mean, I know here's the deal. There's plenty of people who are listening. that might be like, I get 35%. Cool. But that's also probably not like with a hundred thousand people on your list. So like when you scale, things get harder and change too. And it also may be on the first email, but not like one week later. The point is, is we're just picking 25, but it doesn't matter if it's 25 or 35. The point is, is you've already pissed away the other 75% of the people that you paid for, but they don't even see your stuff or they saw it. They just didn't care to open it. So in my opinion, the reason why I like that other idea of like your signature course, and I don't, people might be like, 
a signature course, shouldn't it be $300? I don't care what the price point is. The point is having a course is go ads directly to webinar and then sell that thing because you remove so much of that friction that you get with email, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know if that helps. Now, that being said, what I would do if I was you is you take it another layer down. So if you have your sort of main course, whatever the price point is, have some smaller priced one-time products too and sell those from email. Hmm. So what I mean is like when somebody opts in, let's say you have like a, a little mini success guide thing that's, it could even be $9, it doesn't matter. Especially if you do your membership with a trial, you go, hey, thanks for signing up. You know, instead of just having a thank you page, you may already be doing this, I don't know. Soon as they opt in, thanks for signing up. Before you go, I want to make sure that you see we have a special offer for you right here. Take a look. It's going to help you do blah, 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 blah. And make that your irresistible offer. That's a small ticket thing, more of an impulse buy, $9, $19, whatever. And then really, if you want to go down the growing the membership thing, instead of only growing it from people that buy the $300 thing, you also get them to add on that trial during their checkout as an upsell, you know? Hey, did you also want to join our community where you're going to get blah, 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 and all this accountability support? Check this little uh, box and add this to your order. So the beauty is, is now we have literally three kind of like assets. You now have a membership site, which will give you recurring revenue. You have a one-time product that you could sell and that'll help you cash flow and rapidly scale faster. And then you have your lead, your list building stuff. And they all work with each other. Um, did I say the lower ticket item? If not, we'll add that in. And the point is, is you can have go from list building to sell the one-time irresistible offer and then use a trial upsell to grow MRR. And then you can do ads directly to webinar to your main course. And then now that community element comes a down sell. Um, so you kind of hit it from all different ways, you know? And, but either way, they're all sort of going into the same thing. The only difference is instead of that being your only thing, it becomes your back end and your sort of catch all. My mind is like blown away. I can't thank you enough for yeah, like that's that. Fun. That's fantastic. Thank you. You betcha. I, I couldn't help it because A, I've been thinking about this a lot this week with my students as I've been given the same guidance. And people are, their minds are spinning and realizing like that makes so much sense. And you have to realize there's a reason why I'm saying that it's I, I've done the other way. I've done the other way and I know the pitfalls and, and, and it's yeah, 10,000 members. Um, it, it wasn't easy to get there and it also wasn't easy to keep them. And we aren't at 10,000 anymore either. Like it's this constant battle. So and, and, and the real way to scale that fast is you have to have a lot of cash in the bank to be able to go in the red for, you know, sometimes two, three, four months before you break even. So I am getting out of, I, I'm able to step aside from what I did and say, there's a better way to do it. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are going to be teaching memberships. They already are. And at the end of the day, and this is sort of what the rapid scale system is about, like at the end of the day, there's plenty of people that can go and hustle and create an audience from just the years of hustle. And maybe it's not years, maybe it's six months of every single day showing up on social media, social, social, you know, and just content, give, 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 give. 
but that's unsustainable. It's unsustainable for you. It's unsustainable for your audience. They're going to get burned out because at some point you start monetizing them. So now you start creating products and you start selling to them. And now they start saying that you're a sellout. And now you start feeling like a sellout. And more importantly, you're, you're going to make some money, but you're going to be capped. You literally have no lever to pull to simply make more. And as soon as that happens, you need to realize, oh shit, I need to start using ads. And then people start using ads. But they never had to set up the business foundation in a way that allowed them to afford the ads. So they go in with their $20 a month membership or $10 a month. And because they've already made some money, so they think that it's working. But really the truth is, is the people that have been, they've, they'll buy anything. They've already, you've, you've already spent five years like warming them up. It doesn't matter what you put in front of their face. Now try and sell that same thing to cold people who don't know you and have to pay $2 a click and make the math work. The math doesn't work. And then you're left holding the bag going, now what? So in the rapid scale system, that's where I put a lot of my energy is just like we just did here live and unrehearsed was to figure out like, what is the business foundation from a monetization strategy standpoint that can allow us to scale even in a time like now where ad costs continue to go up? Because there's plenty of people I know that have been killing it a while ago and no longer are because their, their profit went away as soon as ad costs doubled. We don't want that for anyone. Man, that, that just that's genius. And uh, again, I can't thank you enough for, for going down that going down that road. I, I can't wait to re-listen to this. Uh, so <laughs> with uh, like with a rapid scale system, like tell us a little bit more about that. Like what made you decide to start to come out of semi-retirement after 18 months and start building that out? Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, like um, you know, so I sold my company and I was still I'm I'm still part owner of that company because part of the deal was equity. So um but, you know, in doing so, I've been very focused over the last 18 months, helping them grow. Um, that's a big company compared to what I'm used to. We're talking like, you know, 80 people on the team and, and, and having a team of that size, it slows you down. It, um, it's just different. You have more management, you have more people, you have more voices, you have all of these things that happen in corporate America. You have more meetings every single day, meeting, 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 meeting. And what I realized is, is how much I miss being an entrepreneur, no meetings, literally wake up with an idea, execute it. Hey, little team, let's have a quick meeting. I had this great idea. Here's this new funnel. We're going to try. Let's do it. Okay. It'll be done in two days. Sweet. Done. Let's see what the data says. So I, 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 I lost my entrepreneurial spirit because I was back in corporate America. The only difference was it was my corporation. <laughs> but just cause it's your corporation, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not just yours. You've got 80 people on the team. So it's, it's, you're sharing it with everyone. And, and that has some ramifications. So, you know, it, there was that basically me going back to corporate world uh, and corporate sort of processing that I realized how much I don't like combined with me having a second child three months ago. So now I have experienced how insane life is with, a toddler and a newborn. Um, and then realizing really what makes me tick. I mean, the truth is, is, is I had become the most unhappy I had ever been. 
And it's not that I'm an unhappy person at all. It was just, I had realized how much frustrations I was having with my inability to influence and drive the company's growth. Because once again, it's not just my company. And all of that red tape ended up just eating at me every day. So I realized I need to get back to doing what I enjoy doing, which is being my own boss, having that freedom, and more importantly, getting back to impact. I mean, you know, it seems like what I just said resonated with you. And that's a good, what happened was, to be honest, um, right around the end of the year, Clubhouse came a thing, right? And I got on Clubhouse because I didn't have to be on video. I didn't have to produce videos. I was just like, hey, let me just go check it out. Cool. So I started going on there and I just started literally giving nuggets, helping people for free, nothing in return. I made an Instagram just for that. There's still only like nine posts on it. People started going from following me in Clubhouse. Then they started talking to me on Instagram and started asking me to help them. But it's not a surprise. Most people weren't able to afford my typical one-on-one consulting rate. Um, I typically don't even try to do that because it's priced accordingly. You know, <laughs> the stuff that I can help people do can unlock, you know, six figures or more in their business. So it's priced, um, it's priced at a premium. And then I realized, okay, I'm ready to go back to being my own boss and my own entrepreneur. I'm ready to help people, not help people take better photos, but help people really change their lives. And I realized that what I had done with Cole's Classroom was very unique and special. And even at the time, I didn't realize it was. I just thought that's kind of just like how everyone operates. And that wasn't the case because most people were are able to grow to eight figures in, re- in revenue. Not that we hit eight figures, we didn't, but they can hit eight figures in revenue, but they might only be clearing half a million a year because of their big teams and their, you know, their big cost of goods and their operating expenses are out of control where I was able to not just have multi-millions in sales, but also multi-millions in profit, you know? So we were, and we were able to do it because I was able to remove myself out of the sales equation, but I was still able to bring in a small and scrappy team that was high impact, but very cost-effective. So that combination of not having to sell on social media being able to have smart systems, smart selling that let us rapidly scale, but still keep profits and lifestyle is unique and hard to do for many people. And that's why I decided to start the rapid scale system to show people, Hey, let's get down to just like, let's figure out how you need to structure the business so that you can have that. Cause it honestly doesn't do you any good, whether you sell the business or not, it doesn't do anyone any good to, to build a business that literally relies on them. You know, if you're making money by you having to show up every single day, one day you aren't going to want to show up anymore. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter if it's on social or in your group or, or even writing content, you're going to get sick of it and you're going to run out of stuff to say, and your people are going to get sick of you. Like, so my, I'm on a mission essentially to close this up. I'm on a mission to, Show people that you can build a big business without the big resources, without the big team, and you can have big sales and keep big profits. That's incredible, man. And I know you're doing like open and closed enrollments. Um, how many people do you allow per uh, cohort in your, for your system? 
Yeah, well, I mean, this first batch was done that way, but moving forward, it won't be. Uh, it will be open and um, we will have sort of the rapid scale system as sort of the program that'll have the course curriculum, all of my templates and a lot of the sort of core foundational principles. And then there'll be um, some group coaching that goes with that. And then similar to what I recommended to you, then at the end of that duration for people that want continued implementation support. And, you know, now it's like, okay, now it's time to do work. Then there's ongoing coaching program and a sort of mastermind with me. So it, it will be ongoing because I'm not a fan of open and close. The only reason why I did this first batch was to sort of um, it's sort of the beta launch. It's going extremely well. Um, people are just having their minds blown and I'm loving it. And, and I'm excited to, to really scale this thing up. Yeah. I mean, this conversation alone has blown my mind. I can imagine what you put together uh, for that. And um, my brother-in-law, Wesley is in uh, war room as well. So I hear sometimes do like third, third hand, like people talk about, I was sitting on a meeting one time and someone said, you know, I spoke, I went to lunch with Cole and he had this one thing and yeah, just like yeah. really made a big difference for me. Right. Yeah. That was Kent Clothier. And I, I, I know that because he, he lives in La Jolla and, and it was about a year ago to the day. Cause I got the Facebook memory or whatever. And we went to lunch and he was, he, so he has software. So he wanted to pick my brain on recurring and scale that up. And I literally told him the, the dollar trial upsell trick, you know, with the small ticket thing. And it was sort of funny because I didn't, I wasn't at that meeting. I know it was virtual, but I, I wasn't on it. And one of my buddies, Tom in the worm, he's like, Hey man, uh, Kent was on today. And the, the, all he kept talking about was you. And then how you helped him. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, how you helped him. You went to lunch. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, cool. You know, and that's what it's all about. Like, and you know, in the beginning I said, like when you're, I think the most, it's hard to understand until you get to the point that you are truly financially free. And when you get to that point, and that's going to be different for depending on all these other variables, but when you get to the point, it's not a matter of money anymore. And that's a really cool thing. And I've learned so much since selling my company, especially in regards to that. And all I could tell you for anyone listening is like, don't do stuff that you don't enjoy doing, period. And if you're in a job that you, that you hate, get out of it. And that doesn't mean you have to be reckless. I mean, geez, you already heard my story. I was juggling the three jobs at once before I finally made the leap. But it's okay. Dig down and be afraid. Don't be afraid to work a little extra for a year to get the ship moving, get the ship moving in the right direction. And then you can cut the other thing off. I mean, this rapid scale system, just to quickly give, you know, uh, I, this was a test for me. Okay. This was truly me starting over. I have no email list in regards to rapid scale system outside of the war room, unless somebody heard me on Pat Flynn's, but not even, cause that was like, some of these podcasts I did, they were years ago. So I have no influence in terms of my name, Cole Humphus. So I had no influence. I started over and I'm like, okay, rapid scale system. So I ended up bringing in $66,000 on this launch. I did it in 30 days. I had zero program. So in 30 days, I built the program. I, I got the leads. I did the sales calls. I closed the leads about 85% on the phone. Um, you get the idea, right? And if you go look at my social media page, you'll see there's like nine posts on there. 
<laughs> and not one of the sales came from it either. I just had to have something. So it looked like I was a real human. And then once I did, I just quit posting. So my point is, is once again, don't make it too hard. Too many people out there want to make you think that you have to have your emails dialed in. You have to have your, your, your perfect value ladder. You have to have all these things. You don't, but you do have to be smart. And if you don't have that smart strategy, then you're just going to be flailing. So I don't know where I'm going with that other than to say you can make a, a lot, you can have a big impact and you can really, you know, make some big strides, even if you don't have the influences, the influence and you don't have the, that was me. Part of my sales came from looking in my phone book or my, my, my phone, looking at my contacts and saying, who do I know who might be a fit for this? And then also, who do I know who knows people who might be a fit? And I just started spreading the word. And it's amazing what happens when you just get out of your own way and start talking to people. Yeah, there's tremendous, tremendous amount of opportunity in your network. That's why podcasts serves as that. I put a lot of time into that. Um, Cole, I just want to say thank you so, so much for taking the time to come. I learned so much. I'm so excited to go back and, and re-listen. And uh, is there any last things that you want to share with my audience? Any parting words that you'd like to um, give to them before we uh, sign off here? No, I mean, I, first and foremost, thank you for having me, Greg. This is awesome. And, and you know, I'm happy to be here because I enjoy this stuff. I mean, I guess on that note, to piggyback on what I said before is do stuff that fires you up because otherwise it's going to just be, um, you're going to end up putting all this work into getting some momentum to ultimately not want to do it anymore, you know? And, and, and luckily for Colts Classroom, when I got to that point, I was already able to start structuring the business so I could sell it. And, and, and that was obviously a key component of uh, true financial freedom, but I don't want people to get overwhelmed and think about selling a business. First, you have to build a business, do it, you know, figure out what are the things that make you fired up? What are things you're good at? How can you help people? Business is all about solving people's problems. Okay. So when you start thinking about what you could do, start thinking, what are people struggling with that you could alleviate that pain? And that'll really help you start honing in on that. And, you know, um, I would just love to hear from you. If, if you got any value, if you got any aha moments, I'd love for you to just reach out say hello. Um, I would say follow me on Instagram, but I'm not as, I'm not as active there. Um, but certainly go to rapidscalesystem.com if you want to maybe work with me. And you can always email me at cole at colehumphis.com, which I know Greg will put that website, my personal website there too. Beautiful. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got as much value as I did. This was incredible. There's a lot more in the rapid scale system. I, I'm actually really, really considering doing that myself. That's phenomenal. Thank you so much, Cole. All right, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.